Prepare your ears, humans. Happy, sad, confused begins now. Today on Happy, Sad, Confused, Ross and Marshall Thurber, from dodgeball to becoming Dwayne Johnson's director of choice with Red Notice. Hey guys, Josh Horowitz here with another edition of Happy, Sad, Confused, and a new guest on the podcast, Mr. Rawson Marshall Thurber. He is, as I mentioned, a director that's become, in recent years, kind of the go-to guy for the biggest box office star on the planet, The Rock, a.k.a. Dwayne Johnson. Central Intelligence, Skyscraper, and now Red Notice, his last three films. This one also stars, by the way, Gal Gadot and Ryan Reynolds. So you know he's operating in a ginormous movie star realm. And it's been a fascinating journey for Rawson from Dodgeball, Mysteries of Pittsburgh, We're the Millers, and now, as I said, this kind of run with with Dwayne and getting earning the trust of the biggest star on the planet. No small feat. And also, by the way, making films that are original. Yes, they're homages to the films that he grew up with, that I grew up with in the 80s and 90s, but it's original IP, and that, that that's credit should be due, Mr. Rawson Thurber, for not only... Um, creating these things and helping to create these things, but also writing or co-writing these projects. So um, fun to talk to Rawson, who definitely, as you'll hear from this conversation, speaks my language, probably speaks your language, grew up with all the right films, has all the right reference points, is just a good dude, and uh, clearly gets along with everybody in the business if he's working with the likes of Dwayne and Gal and Ryan. Uh, Red Notice is going to be in theaters. November 5th, but it's also going to be on Netflix for the the world to see on November 12th. And this is very much a callback to the Oceans movies, to Thomas Crown Affair, to these action-adventure movies of the 80s and 90s. And if you want to see movie stars being charming and double-crossing each other and just having fun in big-scale action set pieces, this is the movie for you. I'm sure it's going to do gangbusters business through the holiday season, so... Happy for Rawson and all involved. And as I said, um, this is a fun conversation. This is a guy that grew up with the movies that I loved. We talk Bull Durham, his comfort movie. Great pick there. We talk comic book movies, his dream project, a Marvel property that he's dying to do. We'll see if that comes to fruition at some point. All in all, just an easy chat, an easy listen. I know you guys are going to dig this one. Other things to mention. Let's see. Well, there is a new Game Night episode up on the Patreon page. Very happy this one came together. You know, sometimes on Game Night, I bring together folks that know each other, have long histories together. This time, I brought together three young actresses that had never met. And you never know what's going to happen with with performers that have never met, have no history together. Um, we all got along like gangbusters again, and this was so fun. Rachel Zegler, soon to be seen in West Side Story. Kat McNamara, who, of course, you know from the Arrowverse and The Stand and Shadowhunters. She's been on previous a previous Game Night episode. And Madeline Klein, known to audiences, Netflix audiences on Outer Banks. She's going to be in the new Knives Out sequel. Um, these guys are the future. They are young and vibrant and talented and so charming, and they were just awesome on this episode of Game Night. So if you're intrigued, go over to the Patreon page, patreon.com slash happy, sad, confused. And remember, you can watch video episodes of the podcast there, other kind of bonus features. I did a little tour of my office the other day. We try to keep it interesting over there. Um, also worth mentioning video episodes of the podcast, including this episode with Rawson, 
Edgar Wright from last week. I want to give a shout out to Edgar because Last Night in Soho opens this week in theaters and it's really a great movie. I'm always a fan of Edgar's and this is a change of pace for his, for him rather. And, um, you know, the less you, you know going in, the better, but just know that it's it features Thomas and McKenzie and Andy Taylor-Joy and Matt Smith and it has twists and turns and it's kind of has maybe a little bit of time travel-ish kind of things going on. Mystery, horror, thriller, all the good stuff. So that's my pick of the week for you in theaters. What else can I tease? Oh, something good coming up. Had a chat with Kristen Stewart. Yes, my old buddy Kristen Stewart. So happy for her. She has delivered an amazing performance, guys, in Spencer. Of course, this is the film from Pablo Lorraine that tells the story of Princess Diana. Not like a biopic in a traditional sense, but more of the Jackie treatment, a very specific finite period of time, very much a subjective piece of art. Um, that's just stellar, and I know it's going to last through the award season. And I, you know, I'm not a, I'm not an Oscar prognosticator. I don't consider myself well versed in that stuff necessarily. But if I were putting my 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 money on anything, rather, I'd put it on Kristen Stewart right now. And uh, had a chance to have a deep dive kind of conversation with her for MTV. That is coming next week. I'll put it up on my socials, Joshua Horowitz Horowitz on on uh, Twitter and uh, Instagram. I'm losing my ability to speak clearly. Um, anything else to mention? I don't know. There's always stuff cooking. Oh, um, some Sam Hewen stuff cooking. Did I announce that officially? We shot something with Sam Hewen. Yeah, so that's coming very soon. You're going to like it. It's funny. It's silly. It's big. It's weird. Um, more to come on that soon. Okay, let's get to the main event. Rawson Marshall Thurber. Again, he is the writer, director of such films as Central Intelligence, Skyscraper, way back when, Dodgeball, and now the big holiday event film that is Red Notice, Dwayne Johnson, Gal Gadot, Ryan Reynolds. Doesn't get any bigger than this. Here's me and Rawson. It is my pleasure to welcome the first Rawson we've ever had on Happy, Sad, Confused. Thanks for the time today, man. Uh, you're uh, you're welcome. Uh, happy to be here. So, did you ever consider? Now, is there another Ross and Thurber? What's with the three names? Like, are you? Uh, well, uh, the the three names. Uh, well, my father's name is Marshall, um, okay. and so uh, and my name, uh, my actual first name is Marshall, but I've always gone by Rawson. And uh, it's my great uncle on my on my father's side, which as my mother likes to tell it, uh, who's known as being one of the uh, the nicest men, the kindest men in the Northeast Kingdom. So it's a family name. And uh, yeah, I got by Ross and Thurber a lot. And then uh, and then when I became a super fancy director, I, I thought I might as well ride the horse in the direction it's going. Yeah, just, just keep make, adding make names. Yeah, either like a director or like a Supreme Court justice, you know, just wanted to fit in at all the polo matches. You got to use what you got. Um, I was saying to you before <laughs> when you hopped on, I, I, it's kind of surprising we haven't crossed paths. Um, we have some mutual friends. I was literally just talking two days ago when your name came up with Ben Schwartz. Oh, and, the greatest of all time. And I, I would say, I, I've known Ben for many years through a mutual friend. And um, yeah, he's the best. Uh, yes. Hopefully he's not listening to this. Uh, and I was saying, I think Rawson's going to be on the show. And he was like, oh, you're going you're gonna to love him. I think you guys just saw a movie <laughs> together. So he's like, just we good did. to geek out with. Oh, he's the greatest. So uh, was, was oh, well, he, was, ben, 
Yeah, go ahead. Ben yeah, and yeah. I, uh, ben and I uh, yeah, we gosh, we've known each other for a long, long time. Uh, he actually went to Union College, which is uh, where I went to school in upstate uh-huh. New York, a tiny school uh, in Schenectady, New York. Uh, we went at different times. I graduated in the in the 1900s, and he graduated uh, after that. Um, but yeah, I love. He and I have been trying to work together forever. I made a TV show uh, called Ryan Hansen Solves Crimes on Television. Uh, it was two seasons on YouTube, and um, and I'm very very proud of the show. And I convinced uh, Tricked, probably the better way of saying it, uh, Ben into into uh, uh, doing a cameo uh, in the show uh, with Ryan, and he just you know came in and nailed it. Um, and and we've been friends ever since. And um, and actually, while I was making uh, my, my, my last movie, uh, Red Notice, uh, Ben and I started to send each other Marco Polos. Um, and, and I don't do that with anybody else. It's just Ben and myself. Like, I don't have like a group of people. It's just me and Ben. And, uh, and it was a really fun sort of um, uh, video diary of the experience of making the movie. Um, and, uh, and he and I ha- were cooking up something else. We have this idea. He's got this great idea for a, for a half hour show. And, and uh yes. We'll see if we can convince somebody to let us go make it. So um, we'll we'll get to Red Notice in a second, but let's start sure. like like in terms of you know it's the trajectory of her career. Like most directors, knowing Paul is a linear, normal path. But like you know, obviously, Dodgeball is the is the film that started it all for you. When you mm-hmm. were when when that film came, did you have an eye on the kind of movies you're making now? I mean, you're you're in this very <laughs> rarefied, interesting, <laughs> giant budget star vehicle original yeah. properties yeah i know you love like 80s 90s stuff but like was this yeah. even in your head like where in a perfect no world? i think i don't think when i was first starting out um i guess i i was just trying to uh make a movie that 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 i wanted to see that's you know as simple as that sounds uh with dodgeball um and uh, and i wrote something that i thought that made me laugh um you know i've always been a sports fan and kind of a comedy geek and and just sort of I uh, wanted to put those two things together. And that was, that was basically dodgeball. It was my love letter to, you know, revenge the nerds and Hoosiers uh, more or less, you know, um, and uh, Island of Misfit Toys, scrappy underdog story. And, uh, and, you know, when you're first, when you're first starting out, like you're, you know, you're mostly just trying to not get fired, which is mostly what I was doing. Um, you know, but I'd written the script and I, and I knew why it worked and, 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 uh, and how it worked. Uh, but no, I never really thought about, where I was going after that, um, but I've I've always loved sort of big, uh, big, crowd pleasing entertainment pieces. I you know I'm a, as you mentioned I'm a I grew up on 80s and 90s cinema. Uh, you know I'm uh, you know or movies is probably a better way of saying it. And uh, you know I'm I'm born in San Francisco, raised in in Northern California, and and so the Spielberg Lucas you know world is kind of you know that's my world. I'm not alone in that. Um, and so I've I've always liked that kind of storytelling um and so and that's kind of uh, what's what's guided me i think you can't if you're writing especially writing and directing i don't think you can try to um be something that you're not uh right and and uh, and it took me a little while to kind of um kind of accept that and accept that um that that the stuff that i like to make um you know, uh, is, is sort of crowd-pleasing entertainment. And, uh, and, uh, and, and the red notice is certainly unabashedly that uh, as yeah. we can talk about some other time. Well, no, it's interesting too. I mean, you, you do some, s- several aspects of your career and the kind of movies you're making set you apart from the, the, the pack. Like you write a lot of your own stuff, which is not a lot of the, a lot of the blockbuster directors don't necessarily get that writing credit. So that speaks volumes. And I'm sure it's something you take a lot of pride in. And I as do. much as the, as, as much as these films are inspired 
by films of your youth, they're original, they're original IP, which mm -hmm. I mean, these are again, two things that maybe you don't get enough credit for, but like to look Thanks, at Josh. the stuff that you've been doing with, with Dwayne in the last few years, um, you know, yeah. that, that, that is unusual. Talk to me a little bit about how important th those two aspects are to you, to the kind of work you're doing now. I, 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 first of all, I just want to say thank you for even asking that question. Thank you for even noticing uh, that. Um, yeah, you know, when you talk about original ideas um, with budgets of, you know, over a hundred million dollars, um, written by one one person and directed by that same person. Um, the list of, of of people who do that is very 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 small, um, and you know I like, yeah, very very small. Like I'm not sure there are three people on that list. <laughs> um, I'm not kidding. Like I think that's it. So uh, you and know, most of them are like eight eight writers on generally any right. blockbuster <laughs> for sure for sure but so like if you look at like you know uh, if you look at like writer director for at that with original ip over 100 million dollars it's you know it's sincerely i think it's like three <laughs> or five so you know at least i'm in the top five hey. <laughs> on the list um but uh but yeah it's it's um I've always, I've always, uh, I take the writing very seriously. It's something that, um, you know, I, I could always write from a, from a pretty young age. And um, I guess I never really separated, um, separated the two. It was never, I never, it never occurred to me to write, to write a story and hand it to somebody else um, or to take somebody else's story and try to direct it. Uh, it just, I, I think I would be lost. Um, I, I don't, I, I think I, I wouldn't know where to put the camera. If you handed me a script that I didn't write, um, and and uh, and so the process for me, and I'm not alone in this for for writer directors, um, I start directing from fade in from that first first line, um, and I'm learning what what the movie is, what the story is, what the tone is as I'm writing uh, those scenes and sequences and pages and scripts, um, and so by the time I'm shooting it. I've directed it in my head so many times that it's it. Oftentimes, it's about trying to um, communicate that as much as best you can to the people who are helping you, and try and trying to capture that. And and sometimes you can't get it, and sometimes uh, sometimes you do. Uh, and oftentimes it becomes this other thing once you bring in actors who have a different perspective or bring something you hadn't thought of, and it's. Um, yeah, it's it's really it can be really fun. It can also be really challenging because sometimes you, you're like, ah, oh, this is not ex anything like I thought it would be, and it can be very frustrating. Uh, and and oftentimes it's it it's better um, than than what you thought if you're if you're so, a little patient with it. You, the the last I think it's the last three films have been collaborations with Dwayne Johnson, the yeah. biggest movie star human being on the planet physically. By weight, just, by, by weight, weight yeah. by every. <laughs> By every volume. measurement, by volume. yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, you know, he's another one I've had. I've had the great pleasure of of uh, knowing over many years. I, I feel like I have the distinction of having the, like the one project with Dwayne that never got off the ground. He was producing a talk show for me. <laughs> Oh no, what happened? What'd you do wrong, Josh? What'd you do wrong? I know. How do I drive a Dwayne Johnson project into the ground? It's a no. longer story. No, You're but the he's, the no, no. he's the best. He's the best. I love him. And yeah, I yeah. know I know what he demands of others. And I know, mm -hmm. you know, hardest workers in the room, you know, never mm -hmm. giving up, um, turning over an idea in every way possible. 
demanding excellence. Talk to me about like, is that something like, how did you guys click in the first place? Did it happen very quickly on central intelligence or what happened? Yeah, it was, it was really, it was, I mean, you could ask him, but my, my, you know, what he thinks, cause he's probably that fucking guy, but, um, uh, no, but it, we were, uh, we became fast friends, um, really from central intelligence. It was not, uh, central intelligence was not originally written for Dwayne uh, or anybody like Dwayne. I mean, um, the original uh, script was written by uh, Ike Barinholtz and David Stassen, who were incredibly talented, funny guys. And um, it was, I think their first spec that they wrote. It was a great script. And, uh, but the, the original joke was that it was about this, this guy who was sort of a, a loser in high school. Um, and uh, and then came back to the reunion and was actually you know a CIA spy or assassin and he was sort of you know uh, heavy set dude right so it was sort of fat Jason Bourne was the joke right like you would never expect this guy to be great and, and that was a good joke and all that but when Dwayne I think Dwayne saw my movie before that he saw a movie I made called Ruth Miller's and he thought it was super funny and um, and he wanted to do action comedy and uh, and he liked this idea and then for me when when I thought, oh my God, this this is so much better, right? Like the idea that a kid who was picked on and bullied in high school, um, you know, would transform himself into right. into the rock, right? Into this this physical armor, but so he looks totally different. But on the inside, he has the same insecurities he always had, and and it was just such a, a better way in, um, and and uh, and so so it started from there. But but as it relates to Dwayne. Uh, you know the thing that I love most about him is that, and you know this from working with him, is that he takes the work very seriously, um, but he doesn't take himself seriously. Um, and so he's the first guy to laugh at himself. He's the first guy to to make fun of himself, um, and and that just opens up, you know, opens it up for everybody else. So um, so three movies in a row, um, uh, and and uh, you know it's been it's been fun uh, every single time, and it's been great to kind of. Um, expand the palette every single time and uh yeah it's just it's been a pleasure I, th I, I think i'm all set though i think i'm all done with Dwayne. i think he's done with me we're never gonna work <laughs> well he's gonna be emperor of the known universe soon so he's not gonna have time to make he's skipping president and just becoming the grand yeah no no i mean i'll, I'll you know look I, i'd watch that guy's car if he asked me to i'm, I'm a big big fan big fan so um I'm glad you say all of them have been fun productions because Red Notice, which is this just like glorious kind of like star vehicle. And I, I'm a sucker for like, just like movie stars being movie stars, right? Sure. And it's like, especially like nowadays where like we keep talking about like, oh, it's not about movie stars anymore. It's about, and the concepts are great. And this is a great concept, yeah. don't get me wrong. But like, there's, there's something about seeing three ginormous movie stars share a screen. Yeah. Um, you've got Ryan Reynolds, you've got Gal Gadot um, and Dwayne. But you're making this in some very interesting circumstances. And this is obviously not a new conversation. A lot of folks yeah. had to deal with this. But you're making this global spectacle yeah. in the middle of like the hell year. Yeah. Talk to me about how malleable you have. Like, how did you, in a nutshell, yeah. for three hours, how did you yeah. make this movie in these circumstances? Yeah. Uh, Josh, thanks. Uh another smart question uh no shock there uh it was really really hard um so i'd like to uh slightly modify my previous uh statement about all three being fun this last one was incredibly hard for everybody um and and it, you know about halfway through shooting uh almost smack dab in the middle of our principal photography that's when the pandemic hit and we had to we shut down for six months we were about two weeks away 
from headed heading to Italy to shoot a car chase. We scouted it, we'd pre-visited it, we'd had every, you know, we'd, we were ready to shoot. A uh, big sort of fun car chase that kicks off the movie. And the plug got pulled, we couldn't go anywhere. Um, and so we retrenched and rethought and, and, uh, and then we, when we came back, we, we ended up not leaving Atlanta. We shot this entire movie on stage or on the back lot at Atlanta Metro Studios, uh, except for I think three days after a, a splinter unit that I went, I went to Rome to get a couple shots that I just couldn't live without. Right. Um, it was just a skeleton crew uh, there. But um, it was incredibly challenging. And then when we came back, we were, we were in an NBA bubble. We were quarantined. Um, and so for me, like, and then I, so all the crew was staying at one of two hotels, but I had to stay in a separate space um, because as, as, as the director, if I were to be, if I were to be in contact with somebody who tested positive, I would have to be pulled from the set and that we couldn't risk that. So I was essentially in self-isolation for 90 days away from my wife and, and three beautiful children oh my God. Um, in Atlanta. I would get up and, and drive myself to set uh, Monday through Saturday. We shot six day weeks, drive home, you know, by myself, be at home, get up and go back again. And, and this was, it was, it was re- no physical contact. Um, it was, re- and, and at the same time, there was an election that was happening, uh, uh, 20, the 2020 uh, election, which was, you know, as, as you know, really intense, um, you know, so no physical contact, uh, isolation, uh, you know, the fate of the free world at stake in, 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 uh, in the 2020 election. Your biggest charge, film ever. Yep. My biggest film ever, three giant movie stars, hundred plus million dollar film uh, that I thought up in my own brain pan, you know, and, uh, and, and, and yeah, it was the closest, like, I, I'm not somebody who, um, who struggles with or suffers from anxiety. Uh, thank goodness. Uh, I just never, never had that, um, uh, challenge, but this was as, as close as I've ever gotten. It was really tough, really, really tough. Yeah. Well, you wouldn't be human if you didn't feel any of that. <laughs> um, it's, it's amazing given everything you, you described that, um, the film turned out how it did and it's not evident on the screen that you shot this and the way you did it um oh, that's great to hear can, can we backtrack a little bit just in terms of how this one came to be because i remember sure. this is one of those properties that like again original concept yep. clearly inspired i would guess from i don't know thomas crown affair or oceans movies all these kinds yes, of different yep. things right um do you go out and like do you go on the road with uh, with Dwayne and pitch this to all the studios? And what, how does that go? I mean, my sure. sense is like this this was the the hot property for when you put it out on the market, right? Uh, it was, uh, it was. So so um, we were shooting uh, Skyscraper, which is my movie before this one, which was an idea that I came up with that I pitched Dwayne while we were in post on Central Intelligence. And then while we were prepping Skyscraper, um, I started noodling with this idea for Red Notice, um, and part of that, you know part of that I think is any any sort of writer director will tell you you're always tinkering with something you're always and it's usually like because the thing that you're working on you know all you're dealing with are problems on the on the thing that you're trying to make and and the right. one that you're kind of messing around it doesn't have any problems yet yep. <laughs> it's always more interesting the one that you're you know so you so you know you just can't quite leave it alone so I was working on 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 this idea for for Red Notice and then. Um, and then I talked to Bo Flynn, our producer, uh, both of Skyscraper and Red Notice. And I said, I think I've got this idea. And I sort of half pitched him. 
And he's like, that's great. I'm in like, let's, let's go. When do we tell Dwayne? And I'm like, no, 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 I don't have it yet. I, we're still making, I like don't have, and he's like, well, I'll tell him, let's tell him tomorrow. I'm like, it's not ready. <laughs> you know? And so eventually, uh, you know, in the fall, I think of 17, I want to say, I, I went out with uh, Dwayne and pitched him. Uh, we went out to dinner and I pitched him the, the idea for Red Notice. Um, and uh, we're at this fancy steakhouse and my steak is ice cold because I'm pitching my little heart out and Dwayne's like eating a steak. And then I get to a certain part in the movie and the, in the pitch and, and, and he, he breaks into a smile and he like stands up, he throws his napkin down and he goes, I'm in, I'm in, I'm in. And then I just got really drunk after that. <laughs> but, that's, a, that, uh, that's a good moment. That's a nice yeah, moment. Yeah, it's a, it's, a, it's a great moment. So then, <laughs> so then we went and pitched it in uh, the, the, I don't know, February of 2018. So, the, so uh, I was in post on Skyscraper, went and took it around town. And so what happens is I, I, uh, I go to all the buyers with uh, Bofflin, my producing partner uh, on, on the, on the, on the movie. Uh, he's got, you know, his, his company and I've got mine and we went out and, and uh, we go to all the buyers and I basically give an hour pitch, 45 minute pitch, uh, which is, you know, one man show more or less. Um, and, uh, and so then we went around and we think we, 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 we pitched at 10 places and then, and then we had 10 offers. We had 10, uh, it was just Dwayne attached. The gal was not attached. Although I, I would speak about her in my pitch. Um, you know, uh, and I would speak about Ryan in my pitch. These, those are the, the people oh, that wow. I wanted. Had them in yeah, I've got a little, start. I've got a little book somewhere, uh, you know, with their names written in it. I can, I'll show you one of these days. Uh, uh, but anyway, so I pitch it and, and then it became a bit of a knife fight, uh, for, for the, for the idea. Um, and we ended up selling it uh, in a competitive situation. And, um, it, it, it's my understanding that we set the, um, the record for the, uh, highest, uh, pitch sale in the history of Hollywood, I think. Amazing. So give, cool. give, 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 yeah, more, more than cool. Give me some context. Cause you know, we alluded to the beginning of the career, like dodgeball is a hell of a start, right? Like it becomes pretty, yeah. as I recall, maybe you have different memories, like uh, kind of an instant cult classic, an instantly kind of <laughs> quotable film, yeah. which maybe you appreciate even more as the years go by. I do. Um, but, and then, and then you follow it with a film mysteries of Pittsburgh, which yep. has to be like, you know, a blow. It doesn't, it doesn't turn out the way, right? No, so, brutal. Like, were you in, were you in that that like fabled director jail after that? Like, did, what yeah. happened in that in that period? Yeah, that was so uh, such so hard. So I, I I finished dodgeball, and and I and I wanted to do something totally different. And I think um, and this goes back to me earlier uh, saying you know you you just need to I've learned to be to be okay with the things that I that I love um, and that and that I'm good at. Uh, and so I love this, this little book called The Mysteries of Pittsburgh, which was uh, Michael Chabon's first novel. Uh, Michael Chabon, Pulitzer Prize winner, the coolest, by the way, if you ever get a chance to talk to him. Um, and, and so I you know, convinced Michael to option the, the novel to me and, uh, and I adapted it on spec and we went and made it. It's a little six and a half million dollar movie. And, I, and the movie, I didn't do a good enough job. You know, the movie's not good enough and, um, and that's on me. And it was gutting. I, I poured my heart and soul into it, and uh, we took it to Sundance. And and I mean, there's uh, there's nothing more painful than to work as hard as you work on these things, and to have the movie not work, and to have the audience just kind of go Meh, like that. When, when did you know? Do you know like before it even screens, or did you know like that premiere at Sundance or like no? I, mean, I think your... 
biggest no, disappointment. No, 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 no. This, no. Th- I mean, you learn so much from your, yeah. from your, from your, you know, disappointments or misses, right? Um, mm. I think that uh, I, I, I think I, I, I was worried pretty early um, in. I think in especially once we got into the, into the edit, uh, and I was like, oh gosh, I've, I, I didn't, I didn't do, I didn't do this right. I didn't. I, I was not good enough. I was not a good enough director. Um, uh, I think the script that I wrote was pretty was was good enough, but I don't think I directed it well enough, mm-hmm. um, and that was really hard for me. And and then, um, but you hold out hope, right? You hold out hope that you know maybe it's not quite as as ungood or bad as as you as you fear, and um, and so you take it. You, you maybe the audience will see it and see what I was going for, and look at me, you know. And it didn't work that way. Although there was this one moment at Sundance uh, after we, you know, premiered at Eccles, you know, uh, uh, you know fifteen hundred people. Sundance is a giant theater, right? And did you know? I, I was pretty sunk at that point, and I was walking out, and um, and there was this uh, this more like a ticket taker or something, and she said, "Hey, are you are you Ross and Thurber?" And I said, "Yeah." She said, "You did the Mysteries of Pittsburgh," and I, and I said, "Yeah." And she said, I loved your movie. Uh, and I was just like, oh my God, thank you. I just wanted to, to hug this person. I wish I knew her name. Um, Cause you're just so, so devastated. Um, so that was really hard. And then yeah. uh, really, really hard. Um, and, and then at the same time, it was about 2008, the writer's strike in, in, in town happened. And so everything shut down. Um, but right before it shut down, I took, I think four writing jobs, um, uh, like, stacked together to try to you know keep the lights on yep and so the strike ended and then i spent the next uh 18 months writing out of out of that hole um of just writing and i'm just writing for for hire not writing for me um and and uh and so then it's 20 i don't know 2011 basically end of 2010 and and then and then when you look at, at, at my career at that point, I had had a film that came out in 2004 and nothing uh, really because Mysteries doesn't, doesn't work right. and was in four, on four screens and it's 2010 and a half and you're, uh, you're ice cold, right? But back to director jail, the, the good news about being a writer director is, um, is they, you, you don't really end up in director jail because you can write your own get out of jail card, right? Uh, director jail happens when you are a director who needs a script um, and you need somebody to hire you to direct a script. And, and because I'm able to write my own ticket, um, I, I, I'm never really in danger of that. Um, I suppose if I you know, am unable to write a screenplay, I'd be in trouble or I could be. So anyways, um, that was that. And then, um, and then New Line uh, called me up and they said, look, we've got this thing called We're the Millers. Um, that we want to make and and uh, I read the script and I thought the premise is really good and a lot of the jokes were really funny and I kind of knew what I wanted to do with it and and I really really needed to make a movie um, and so I said look this this tone this sort of R-rated uh, uh, tone is not really my thing but I am going to fashion a lethally effective comedy widget out of this and uh, and that's what I did to, to get back uh, back in the game. And you, you cast the hell out of it. I mean, with some oh, known thanks. quantities, but also, I mean, that's, I think, when most of us discover the genius that is Will Poulter, who's mm. going to now be like a giant, enormous Marvel superhero. So excited for everything he does. He's the, he's the and greatest. The sweetest, humblest. Oh, like, my God. Oh, my God. 
the best. And he, um, cause I knew him from son of Rambo, but he was like 10 when right. he did it. And he, and he came in and he was like, you know, sprouted. Uh, he was like six, four when he walked in the door, but I didn't know that, that he was British. Like I, he came in and he just, he had a perfect American accent. And then he, then, uh, I, you know, we, we ended the audition. He's like, all right, thanks. And I was like, Oh my God, what? <laughs> like you're British. And he's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. And, um, and boy, was he just, he was just the greatest. He's so such, such a sweetheart and just stole that whole movie. There, there's one piece of IMDb trivia that stuck out for me that I'd love some mm-hmm. clarification on. Sure. Was, was Adam Driver cast as Scotty <laughs> P in that film? <laughs> no, no. Adam Driver, by the way, he, um, he put himself on tape uh, for Scotty P and he was amazing. Um, he was amazing. <laughs> and, and, uh, and I was like, well, we have to cast this guy. I mean, you've seen him on set. I mean, you've seen, you know, he's, you know, he's Adam Driver, bow down. But, um, but, you know, he's so funny on Saturday Night Live. Oh, my and God, yeah. He's obviously an incredibly talented, serious dude. But he's also very, 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 very funny. Um, and, uh, and his read for Scotty P was just fantastic. And I'm like, well, yeah, we're casting that guy. And then, uh, and then uh, the dates couldn't work with, uh, with girls, I think. Like, we couldn't get him. Um, and then the, uh, uh, Sean Anders and John Morris, the, um, the, the original writers who are super talented dudes, they're like, you know, you should look at this guy, Mark Young. He's really, really interesting. And then I was like, you know, as soon as I, as soon as I saw Mark's read, I was like, oh, well, you know, that, that's a great choice. And he was I fantastic. Mean, it worked out fantastic, but yeah. I do want to but, live yeah. in the alternate universe where. <laughs> I, right? Could you imagine, Josh, could you imagine? What a strange, do, do, I mean. Do you still have the tape? You can monetize this, Ross. <laughs> I would never, I would never, I could never. Uh, I'm sure I could find it, but I just would never do it. No, yeah, you don't want Kylo Ren coming after you. No, um, no, sir. <laughs> it is kind of shocking, given your resume and your sensibilities, uh, given the world we live in, that we haven't seen the Ross and Michael Thurber comic book movie, just being realistic. <laughs> like, I mean, it's just what we all yeah. talk about and what's being made. And I know there was talk of Ant-Man. And, the, and if you believe the reports, that you might have even turned down Ant-Man after Edgar Wright left it. Can you clarify no. what, happened, what went down? Yeah, uh, yeah, that's that's. Gosh, it's so funny how these things happen. Uh, uh, no, yeah, I, I never, uh, never turned it down, and 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 um, and they never officially offered it uh, to me. I think the way these things work is, um, it, it, everybody knows what everybody's answer is going to be before anything is right. officially said. So there's never a there there's never a version where it's if. There's no version of Kevin Feige offering uh, a movie to somebody and not already knowing what the answer is. Gonna be. It just doesn't work. Like Same that. with the casting. Like they go so, in, and they sign. They're like, "I'm going to do five movies, whether if I get yeah. this part or not." <laughs> like it's just yeah, like, exactly, exactly, yeah. exactly. So, so uh, you know, I had conversations about Ant Man, um, and uh, and uh, yeah, I think um, I'm a, I'm a big uh, fan of the of, of of the Marvel stuff. I haven't been able to keep up on all of it just because I've been making this movie, but um, yeah, I love what they're doing. There is one particular combination in the Marvel universe that I would uh, push a small child off of a bridge to get a chance at. Um, but uh, you know, wait, is this I the? Think I think I, you, you mentioned it. Some like it was with Hulk and Wolverine. Was that the the combo? Yes, that's exactly right. How do you know that? When did I ever mention that? Before? You've mentioned it. I do my research. A little Google it. You goes clearly a long do. Way. This is this is getting spooky. Yeah, the, uh, I, I thought I thought the uh, the, the Hulk Wolverine uh, Lindelof run uh, was ultimate was was uh, was pretty pretty fantastic. So do, you must have put a feeler out, even just to say, like, you, no. 
<laughs> you're ready I, when they're ready. Basically, is what you're I, telling look, me. They they have they have they can they can tweet me. No, uh, they. <laughs> they <laughs> That's how these things happen. If, yeah. Yeah. Exactly. If they yeah if they're if they're interested in doing that uh, they have my number. Uh, what what, what be, is just to geek yeah. out for a second? What is intriguing yeah. about that combo? Like, what's the? Uh, oh well, I mean, there's. I mean, obviously, I don't know how deep you want to go, but like anybody who knows those characters know knows that Wolverine was introduced in Hulk. They're inextricably linked, right? So um, you have this um, uh, unstoppable force and immovable object, um, and I think that in and of itself is really uh, fascinating. That they both uh, they both suffer from the same curse essentially, right. and they handle it in totally different ways. Um, and I think that is, uh, that in and of itself is incredibly juicy. Um, and, uh, you know, and on and on from there, but certainly I thought, um, uh, I thought, I thought Lindelof had some really, really kind of clever, um, clever touches to that, to that old saw. If you have, have a you chance to read it, you should. Have, have you daydreamed you were casting for Wolverine? Obviously, Hugh, Hughes. <laughs> yeah, uh, he, well, I mean, well, he, he, he sort of set the bar. Uh, I, you know, I have not let myself do that. And I think, um, uh, yeah, I mean, there's certainly every once in a while you go, oh, that's, that, that, hmm. but you, you, I try, I try not to just because, uh, I don't know, you end up, you end up disappointed, you know, typically, but, uh, no, I, I've, I've not yet, but, but, um, I'll let you know, Josh, if, if my phone rings, I'll, I'll, okay. I'll send you, I'll send you a text. <laughs> Please do. Um, yeah. you, you know, I asked you for a comfort movie. I've been reveling mm. in comfort movies the, ever since uh, the world ended in 2020 and we yeah. <laughs> were hanging by a thread. We need comfort in our lives. Yeah. Uh, you chose a great one. I haven't seen it in a number of years. Yeah. Uh, maybe the first sports movie in the, on the list. Oh, um, yeah. tell us your, tell us your comfort movie and why you selected it, Rawson. Uh, well, I picked, uh, I picked Bull Durham. Uh, written and directed by Ron Shelton. That was his first film. Um, it is my all-time favorite movie. Uh, I, I, I'm not saying it's the best movie all time. I think there are some others that would have a claim to that, uh, but it's my personal favorite film. Uh, and um, I guess to me, I, uh, you know, back to what I was saying about dodgeball, I've always loved sports and I've always loved sports movies. And I think that Bull Durham um, blends comedy and heart uh, and, and, and romance in such a wonderful way. Um, it's got so much depth, it's got great characters, life lessons. You know, I, I think Kevin Costner has never been better than he's been um, as Crash Davis. Uh, Susan Sarandon, never more beautiful. Um, Tim Robbins is Ebby Calvin, Luke Lelouch, uh, just absolutely um, uh, delivering a, a, just a, a free and silly um, performance. And, and I think, I guess to me, like, I don't know. I guess I just always identified with Crash Davis uh, more than Ebby Calvin, um, of just like, uh, you know, um, someone who has all the, you know, uh, all, all the, the, the world weary wisdom and maybe not as much talent as the next guy, uh, but he works <laughs> hard, you know, and, uh, and I guess yeah. I, I, I identify with that. Do you remember when you first saw it? Because I mean, we're roughly the same mm -hmm. age, and I remember yeah. it being—it's kind of—it's kind of like an adult, sexy movie for like sure. our age. I yeah, mean, I was yeah. like twelve or thirteen. You probably were about yeah. the same when yeah. you saw it. Yeah, yeah, that's it's so funny you bring that up. Um, yeah, so for me, it was the first R-rated movie, well, second R-rated movie uh, that I saw in the in the theater, and it was a big deal. Uh, and I had to talk to my mom, and I had to. You know, and she said, look, now there's some, you know, there's some real stuff, you know, are you ready? And I'm like, yeah. And, and I went and so there was a little bit of, um, 
a little bit of, of that just sort of personal life nostalgia attached to the movie, but it was a really special moment uh, for me. And in my, in my family growing up, movies had a real importance um, and, and significance. And we would, you know, I mean, some of my earliest memories, uh, like I remember being in the lobby um, in, in this, you know, one, one screen movie theater in, in Avon, North Carolina, when, uh, during the summer when, when my mom took me to see Raiders of the Lost Ark. Uh, and she said, now, look, this movie is incredibly exciting and you're not going to want to go to the bathroom. So you better go to the bathroom now. And I was like, oh, my eyes are big as saucers. And I, the, the point of the story is I, I peed. I went and peed and then I went to the movie. But, uh, but these movies were really important. And whenever we would yeah. finish, um, you know, my, my, you know, finish watching a movie, we'd be driving home. My mom would always ask me, like, you know, what, what, were, what were your favorite moments or scenes? And and I think from an early age, I started to think of movies as, as moments or scenes. And once you start thinking of them that way, then, and, the, and that they're ordered, right? That somebody had to create that order or create those scenes. And then you start to think about, oh, somebody wrote that, you know? Yeah. Um, so, so anyways, back to Bull Durham, that's, that's why. And when I w- went to USC uh, for film school, uh, we had to write, um, we, ha- we had to, uh, there was a special project where we had to, um, we had to add a film to to uh, the sort of USC canon, right? Like uh, you had to pick something that mattered to you, go interview somebody who worked on it, and then you you put that report in this big kind of you know a repository of information. And uh, and I picked Bull Durham, and I wrote a letter to Ron Shelton, who was prepping Play It to the Bone. Um, yep. And I wrote a letter to him, and he was in prep, and and. Uh, and uh, you know, I quoted the movie and all kinds of stuff. And uh, uh, you know, it was embarrassing at this point. But but anyways, Ron responded and he invited me to to interview him for you know half hour. And so I went to his production office. I interviewed him. I asked a bunch of dumb questions. And and he invited me to set <clears throat> and actually um, play to the bone was the first film set I'd ever set wow. foot on. Um, so uh, big. It, it all it's all yeah important. no. And he has such a distinctive voice an authentic voice as a filmmaker, you know, for those that don't know, like he ha- he spent time in the minors inspired in part, but from his yeah. own experiences. Yeah. Um, and it has such a unique kind of human tone to the whole thing. Like, and there are, you talk about a collection of moments. Is there a scene that jumps out as the one that really oh. sticks with you? That's your favorite scene in the film? Oh yeah. Yeah. Uh, yes, of course. Well, I mean, everybody talks about, you know, the, the bus ride where, you know, um, where Crash teaches Ebby his cliches, you know, good Lord willing, things will work out. You got to, you know, play them one, one game at a time and all that. And that, I mean, there's, it's just, it's a treasure trove. Um, but I would say there's basically two scenes in Bull Durham for me that really um, mean the world to me. Uh, and uh, uh, the first is um, uh, when, when Crash Davis, uh, he, he gets, he misses the tag at home plate and the umpire uh, tells him that the, that the, that the runner was safe when in fact uh, Crash believes he tagged him out and, 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 uh, and Crash Davis uh, ends up calling the umpire uh, a word you can't, you can't call him and gets thrown out of the game. But I thought that entire sequence uh, in performance and writing was so beautiful and so free and so vibrant and so funny uh, uh, that I, I just, I just, I can't help but smile every time. But the one that really sticks with me is when, <clears throat> is when Ebby Calvin gets, gets called up to the majors and he goes to find Crash Davis in Sandy Grimes' uh, a pool hall in his bar to tell him I got, I got called up and Crash has had a little too much to drink. 
um, and he uh, and he's a little bit bitter about it, and he tells Ebby Calvin that um, you know your arm's worth a million bucks, and all my limbs put together aren't worth seven cents a pound. Um, and uh, and that moment of of crash, seeing that that he was never going to make it. You know, he had 20, uh, 21 days in the majors once, um, but he it didn't matter how much he loved it. It didn't matter how smart he was. It didn't matter yeah. how hard he worked. He just didn't. His his right arm was not a thunderbolt, and uh, and 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 to see him have to accept that uh, was uh, I just always find it really powerful and beautifully performed by both yeah, people, yeah, by yeah, everybody. Exactly. In that it's a great marriage: <laughs> performance, direction, writing, and, um, it's just, writing, etc. Yeah, it's all there. Good, great pick, great pick. Um, and you. you say that, and they're and they're all like at the height of their powers. Like, yeah, it's like Costner's great, Sarandon's the best. Uh, how good so is Costner? So good. I mean, and you also so believe good. him as an athlete. You like he's like he's like you he's, know he's. He's a the great he's played an athlete so many times. Yeah, I know he can throw the ball. He can swing a bat. That's great. So um, I know always cruel to look forward, especially as you just probably put the finishing touches on your ginormous <laughs> movie. But um, there's a lot yeah. of intrigue and excitement about the division, which has been around for a while. People have been talking about adapting this yeah. for a while. Mm -hmm. um, you're the man for the job now. And you got some two, uh, correct me if I'm wrong, you still have Jake Gyllenhaal and Jessica Chastain, two of the best in the oh, business yeah. attached. Yeah, unless you know something I don't know. No. Yes. Uh, <laughs> I was talking to Jake about an hour ago and he didn't tell me oh, anything. So. Okay. Uh, so yeah, yeah, no, Jake and Jessica and, uh, and we're, uh, we're developing the script. It's in, it's in really good shape. Uh, we're, we're plugging away. We're hoping, 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 hoping to start uh, shooting uh, uh, next year. Um, and it's the, it's the movie I want to make. It's the movie I want to make next. Um, I love the game deeply, deeply, deeply. I play it, uh, play with three buddies of mine. We play every Tuesday night, like a bowling league. And uh, so um, I really enjoy the game. And, um, and I think what I love, you know, what I love most about the division is I think, um, is that it's, uh, do you know the game at all? Have you played it at I all? I don't actually know. I, mean, uh, I did some research on reading about it. No, yeah. it's, it's, it's really, um, Okay, so you know it asks. Uh, uh, I think at its core, the game and, and the and the and, and the hopefully the movie that we make asks a very very simple question, uh, which is, um, you know, what do we owe each other uh, in a society? What does one person owe to another in a society? And when the when the chips are down, um, how do you uh, choose to uh, to live your life? Are you a selfish person or are you a selfless person? Um, and I think those questions are, are key to, to how the division works. And, um, and I'm hopeful that we're going to make uh, an incredibly entertaining, sort of um, inspiring, uplifting, fuck yeah, version of the right. movie. Um, and and I, clearly I res gonna... more resonant than ever, given what I know about the, the premise of the film. Like it's, yeah. uh, it takes on some really interesting. Yeah, it's, it, <laughs> yeah you're right. Yeah. The, the, the pandemic part of it is really interesting, right? Because because the division is based, you know, the, the inciting incident, as they as they say, is is a is a really lethal pandemic that right. that um, causes a lot of trouble. Um, and, I, and I'm hopeful that, uh, you know, that that the, the movie itself is not going to focus necessarily on the pandemic because the game doesn't, it's all post pandemic. It's all mm -hmm. aftermath. It's okay. So now what, right. And now we have a, you know, it's a mid crisis movie essentially. Right. So it's not post-apocalyptic, but it's, there's an opportunity. You have these, these, these division agents and their job is to uh, save what remains. Their job is to um, rescue society from the brink. Um, and, and, uh, and it's up to, up to us, whether or not that's going to happen. And that's super exciting. I think. Well, you've got two of the best in the business again with Jay. Ah, and they're so good. So good. They're so good. Um, 
is is there speaking of the great actors i mean you know you've been spoiled you've had an embarrassment of riches in red notice yeah. alone three of the biggest stars on the planet yeah. um jake and chastain coming up like is there an actor that you're dying to to utilize yeah in a film? yeah i mean there's i've one one uh one bucket list actor that i've always wanted to work with that's tom cruise uh, i'm a huge huge tom cruise fan uh my whole life and uh and uh, I haven't haven't been able to uh, to quite figure out what that what that thing would be just yet, but that would be uh, number one for me. McQuarrie's hogging all the Mission Impossible. He, he, I he's mean, he super talented. He's I know. Chris, <laughs> rotate every year. What happened to that? Somebody else a chance. I know. I know. Well, McQuarrie, that guy is that guy is about oh. as good as they as good as they come. So I understand why Tom's uh, hitched his hitched his wagon to to Chris. Yeah, smart guy. That makes sense as a collaboration. That's if I was oh, going to guess sure. one that that totally. Oh no, but I'm saying for you. I mean that that would oh, be awesome. Oh, that would be very thank cool. Thank you. Well, yeah, I would. I'd, I'd jump at the chance. Um, congratulations, man. Ben, ben said it right. I, I, he said I would enjoy geeking out with you. You're so easy to talk to. We obviously share oh, thanks, a lot of the Jeff. same sensibilities, and I'm I'm so Seems thrilled. It. Um, you were able to execute this film as as, as well as you did, given the circumstances. It's oh, insane. Thank, uh, thank I know you. it's getting it's getting uh, people are going to be able to see it on the big screen as well as Netflix too, which must yeah, mean a lot to you. Yeah, I was very very happy when Netflix said they were going to put it in theaters uh, for you know uh, the week before it, it, it came onto the platform. Uh, so it comes out uh, in in select sort of Cinemark I think theaters um, uh, on November fifth. Nice. And then it comes uh, onto the Netflix platform proper uh, on November twelfth. Um, I'm really proud of the movie. Uh, it's it's the best movie I've ever made, and I hope people like it. I'm sure they will, man. Congrats on everything, and um, yeah, here's to many more conversations. Hopefully, I, I hope so, man. It was a real pleasure, Josh. And I have to say, uh, you do your research, and it's really, really uh, uh, a joy to talk to somebody who actually puts the work in. So thank you. And so ends another edition of Happy, Sad, Confused. Remember to review, rate, and subscribe to this show on iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm a big podcast person. I'm Daisy Ridley, and I definitely wasn't pressured to do this by Josh. <laughs>